Runo twenty of Kalevala, the Land of the Heroes, by Elias Lunrote, translated by William Forsell Kirby, eighteen forty-four to nineteen twelve. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Runo twenty, the Great Ox and the Brewing of the Ale. Argument: An enormous ox is slaughtered in Pohjola. They brew ale and prepare a feast. They dispatch messengers to invite the heroes to the wedding, but Lemminkainen is expressly passed over. How shall we our song continue, and what legends shall we tell you? Thus will we pursue our story, these the legends we will tell you. How in Pohjola they feasted, and the drinking bout was godlike. Long prepared they for the wedding, for the feast provided all things. In the household famed of Poya, halls of sariola the misty what provisions were provided what did they collect together for a lengthy feast at poya for the multitude of drinkers for the feasting of the people for the multitude of feasters in karelia grew a bullock fat the ox they reared in swomi not a large one not a small one but a calf of middle stature while he switched his tail in hame stooped his head to kemi's river long his horns one hundred fathoms muzzle broad as half a hundred for a week there ran an ermine all along the yoke he carried all day long there flew a swallow twixt the mighty ox's horn-tips striving through the space to hasten nor found resting-place between them month-long ran a summer squirrel from his neck unto his tail-end nor did he attain the tail-tip till a month had quite passed over Twas this calf of size stupendous, twas this mighty bull of Swomi, whom they led forth from Karelia till they reached the fields of Poya. By his horns a hundred led him, and a thousand dragged his muzzle, and they led the ox still further till to Poyola they brought him. On his road the ox proceeded by the sound of Sariola strayed, browsed the grass in marshy places, while his back the clouds were touching but they could not find a butcher who could fell the country's marvel on the list of swomi's children mid the mighty host of people not among the youthful people nor among the very aged from afar an old man journeyed virokanus from karelia and he spoke the words which follow wait thou wait thou ox unhappy while i go and fetch my mallet if i strike you with my mallet on the skull unhappy creature never in another summer would you turn about your muzzle or your tail would jerk around you here among the fields of poya by the sound of sariola stray then the old man went to strike him virokanas moved against him went to slay the ox unhappy but his head the ox was turning and his black eyes he was blinking to a pine tree sprang the old man virokanas in the bushes in the scrubby willow thicket after this they sought a butcher who the mighty ox could slaughter from karelia's lovely country from the vast expanse of swomi from the peaceful land of russia from the hardy land of sweden from the regions wide of lapland from the mighty land of turia and they sought through tony's regions in the depths of mana's kingdom and they sought but no one found they long they searched but vainly searched they yet again they sought a butcher sought again to find a slaughterer on the ocean's shining surface on the wide extending billows from the dark sea rose a hero rose a hero from the sea-swell 
from the shining surface rising from the wide expanse of water. He was not among the greatest, but in no wise of the smallest. In a bowl would he lie sleeping, and beneath a sieve stand upright. T'was an old man, iron-fisted, iron-coloured too, to gaze on. On his head a stony helmet, shoes of stone his feet protected. In his hand a knife gold-bladed, and the haft o'erlaid with copper. Thus the people found a butcher, and at length they found a slaughterer, who should fell the bull of Swomi, and should fell the country's marvel. Scarce had he beheld the quarry, then at once his neck he shattered. On his knees he forced the bullock, and upon his side he threw him. Did he yield them much provisions? Not so very much he yielded. Of his flesh a hundred barrels, and a hundred fathoms sausage, seven boatloads of blood they gathered, six large casks with fat were loaded, all for Poyola's great banquet, feast of Sariola the misty. Then they built a house in Poya, built a house with hall enormous, fathoms nine at sides extended, and the breadth thereof was seven. If a cock crowed at the smoke-hole, underneath they could not hear it. If a dog at end was barking, at the door they did not hear it. Then did Poyola's old mistress walk across the flooring's planking to the middle of the chamber, and she pondered and reflected, How shall I get ale sufficient, and shall brew the beer most wisely to prepare it for the wedding, when the beer will much be needed? How to brew the beer I know not, nor how ale was first concocted. By the stove there sat an old man, from the stove spoke up the old man, Ale of barley is concocted, and the drink with hops is flavoured, Yet they brew not save with water and the aid of furious fire. Hop is called the son of revel, planted in the ground when little, With a plough they ploughed the region, like an ant away they cast him, Close to Kaleva's great well-spring, there where Osmo's field is sloping. There the tender plant sprang upward, and the green shoot mounted quickly. Up a little tree it mounted, rising to the leafy summit. Sowed by chance an old man barley, in the fresh ploughed field of Osmo. And the barley sprouted bravely, and it grew and flourished greatly on the new ploughed field of Osmo, Kaleva's descendant's cornland. But a little time passed over, when the hops exclaimed from treetop, and upon the field the barley, and in Kaleva's well water, when shall we be yoked together, each with other be united? Life in solitude is weary, better two or three together. Osmotar, the ale constructor, she the maid who beer concocted, took on this the grains of barley, gathered six of grains of barley, seven hop tassels, next she gathered, and eight ladles took of water, then upon the fire she placed it, and allowed it there to simmer, and she boiled the ale of barley, through the fleeting days of summer, out upon the cloudy headland, cape upon the shady island, poured it then in wooden barrels, and in tubs of birchwood stored it. Thus she brewed the ale and stored it, but the ale was not fermented, and she pondered and reflected, and she spoke the words which follow. What must now be added to it, what is needful to provide for, that the ale may be fermented, and the beer be brought to foaming? Kalevatar, beauteous maiden, she the maid with slender fingers, which she ever moves so deftly, she whose feet are shod so lightly, felt about the seams of staving, groping all about the bottom, trying one and then the other. In the midst of both the kettles found a splinter at the bottom, from the bottom took a splinter. 
Then she turned it and reflected, what might perhaps be fashioned from it, in the hands of lovely maiden, in the noble damsel's fingers, brought into the hands of maiden, to the noble damsel's fingers? In her hands the maiden took it, in the noble damsel's fingers, and she clapped her hands together, both her hands she rubbed together, rubbed them on her thighs together, and a squirrel white created. Then she gave her son directions, and instructed thus a squirrel, O thou squirrel, gold of woodlands, flower of woodlands, charm of country, speed then forth where I shall bid thee, where I bid thee and direct thee, forth to Metzola's bright regions, and to Tapiola's great wisdom. There a little tree up-climbing, heedful to the leafy summit, that the eagle may not seize thee, nor the bird of air may grasp thee, from the pine-tree bring me pine-cones, from the fir bring shoots of fir-tree, bring them to the hands of maiden for the beer of Osmo's daughter. Knew the squirrel now his pathway, trailed his bushy tail behind him, and his journey soon accomplished quickly through the open spaces, past one wood and then a second, and a third he crossed obliquely into Metzola's bright regions, and to Tapiola's great wisdom. There he saw three lofty pine-trees, there he saw four slender fir-trees, climbed a pine-tree in the valley, on the heath he climbed a fir-tree, and the eagle did not seize him, nor the bird of air did grasp him. From the pine he broke the pine-cones, from the fir the leafy tassels, in his claws he hid the pine-cones, and within his paws he rolled them. To the maiden's hands he brought them, to the noble damsel's fingers, in the beer the maiden laid them, in the ale she placed them likewise, but the ale was not fermented, nor the fresh drink yet was working. Osmotar, the ale-preparer, she the maid who beer concocted, pondered yet again the matter. What must now be added to it, that the ale shall be fermented, and the beer be brought to foaming? Kalevatar, beauteous maiden, she the maid with slender fingers, which she ever moves so deftly, she whose feet are shod so lightly, felt about the seams of staving, groping all about the bottom, trying one and then the other in the midst of both the kettles, found a chip upon the bottom, took the chip from off the bottom, then she turned it and reflected what might perhaps be fashioned from it, in the hands of lovely maiden, in the noble damsel's fingers, brought into the hands of maiden, to the noble damsel's fingers. In her hands the maiden took it, in the noble damsel's fingers, and she clapped her hands together, both her hands she rubbed together, rubbed them on her thighs together, and she made a gold-breast marten. Thus the marten she instructed, thus the orphan child directed, O my marten, O my fair one, beauteous hided, thither go where I shall bid thee, where I bid thee and direct thee, to the bear's own rocky cavern, where the forest bears are prowling, where the bears are always fighting, where they lurk in all their fierceness. With thy hands scrape foam together, in thy paws the foam then carry, to the maiden's hands convey it, and to Osmo's daughter's shoulders. Understood the way the marten, forth the golden-breasted hastened, and his journey soon accomplished, quickly through the open spaces, past one wood and then a second, and a third he crossed obliquely, to the bear's own rocky cavern, to the caverns bear frequented, where the bears are always fighting, where they lurk in all their fierceness, in the rocks as hard as iron, and among the steel-hard mountains. From the bears' mouths foam was dropping, 
from their furious jaws exuding in his hands the foam he gathered with his paws the foam collected to the maiden's hands he brought it to the noble damsel's fingers in the ale the maiden poured it in the beer she poured it likewise but the ale was not fermented nor the drink of men foamed over osmotar the ale preparer she the maid who beer concocted pondered yet again the matter what must now be added to it that the ale shall be fermented and the beer be brought to foaming kalevatar beauteous maiden she the maid with slender fingers which she ever moves so deftly she whose feet are shod so lightly felt about the seams of staving groping all about the bottom trying one and then the other then the space between the kettles and a mustard pod she saw there from the ground the pod she lifted then she turned it and surveyed it what might perhaps be fashioned from it in the hands of lovely maiden and the noble damsel's fingers brought into the hands of maiden to the noble damsel's fingers in her hands the maiden took it in the noble damsel's fingers and she clapped her hands together both her hands she rubbed together rubbed them on her thighs together and a bee she thus created and the bee she thus instructed and the bee she thus directed o thou bee thou bird so nimble king of all the flowery meadows thither fly where i shall bid thee where i bid thee and direct thee to an isle on ocean's surface where the reefs arise from ocean there a maiden lies in slumber with her belt of copper loosened by her side springs sweetest herbage on her lap rest honey grasses on thy wings bring sweetest honey bring thou honey on thy clothing from the fairest of the herbage from the bloom of golden flowerets to the maiden's hands convey it and to osmo's daughter's shoulders then the bee that bird so nimble flew away and hastened onward and his journey soon accomplished speeding o'er the open spaces first across the sea along it then in an oblique direction to an isle on ocean's surface where the reefs arise from ocean there he saw the maiden sleeping with a tin brooch on her bosom resting in an unmowed meadow all among the fields of honey by her side grew golden grasses at her belt sprang silver grasses then he soaked his wings with honey plunged his plumes in liquid honey from the brightest of the herbage from the tips of golden flowerets to the maiden's hands he brought it to the noble damsel's fingers in the ale the maiden cast it in the beer she poured it likewise and the beer at length fermented and the fresh drink now foamed upward from within the new-made barrels from within the tubs of birchwood foaming upward to the handles rushing over all the edges to the ground it wished to trickle and upon the floor ran downward but a little time passed over very little time passed over when the heroes flocked to drink it chief among them lemminkainen drunk was ati drunk was kauko drunken was the ruddy rascal with the ale of osmo's daughter and the beer of kalevatar osmotar the ale preparer she the maid who beer concocted uttered then the words which follow woe is me my day is wretched for i brewed the ale so badly and the beer so ill concocted that from out the tubs tis flowing and upon the floor is gushing from a tree there sang a bullfinch from the roof-tree sang a throstle no the ale is not so worthless 
tis the best of ale for drinking if into the casks you pour it and should store it in the cellar store it in the casks of oak wood and within the hoops of copper thus was ale at first created beer of kaleva concocted therefore is it praised so highly therefore held in greatest honour for the ale is of the finest best of drinks for prudent people women soon it brings to laughter men it warms into good humour and it makes the prudent merry but it brings the fools to raving then did pohjola's old mistress when she heard how ale was fashioned water pour in tubs the largest half she filled the new-made barrels adding barley as twas needed shoots of hop enough she added and the ale began she brewing and the beer began its working in the new tubs that contained it and within the tubs of birchwood twas for months the stones were glowing and for summers water boiling trees were burning on the islands water from the wells was carried bare of trees they left the islands and the lakes were greatly shrunken for the ale was in the barrels and the beer was stored securely for the mighty feast of poya for carousing at the mansion from the island smoke was rising on the headland fire was glowing thick the clouds of smoke were rising in the air there rose the vapour for the fire was burning fiercely and the fire was brightly glowing half it filled the land of poya over all karelia spreading all the people gazed upon it gazed and then they asked each other wherefore is the smoke arising in the air the vapour rising tis too small for smoke of battle tis too large for herdsmen's bonfire then rose lemminkainen's mother at the earliest dawn of morning and she went to fetch some water clouds of smoke she saw arising up from pohjola's dominions and she spoke the words which follow perhaps it is the smoke of combat perhaps it is the fire of battle ati dweller on the island he the handsome kaukomili wandered round and gazed about him and he pondered and reflected i must go and look upon it from a nearer spot examine whence the smoke is thus ascending filling all the air with vapour if it be the smoke of combat if it be the fire of battle kauko went to gaze about him and to learn whence smoke was rising but it was not fire of battle neither was it fire of combat but twas fire where ale was brewing likewise where the beer was brewing near where sound of sariola spreads out upon the jutting headland then did kauko gaze around him and one eye he rolled obliquely and he squinted with the other and his mouth he pursed up slowly and at last he spoke while gazing and across the sound he shouted o oh, my dearest foster mother pohjola's most gracious mistress brew thou ale of extra goodness brew thou beer the best of any for carousing at the mansion specially for lemminkainen at my wedding now preparing with thy young and lovely daughter now the ale was quite fermented and the drink of men was ripened and the red ale stored they safely and the good beer stored securely underneath the ground they stored it stored it in the rocky cellars in the casks of oak constructed and behind the taps of copper then did pohjola's old mistress all the food provide for feasting and the kettles all were singing and the stewpans all were hissing and large loaves of bread were baking and she stirred great pots of porridge thus to feed the crowds of people at the banquet at the mansion at the mighty feast of poya the carouse at sariola dim 
Now the bread they baked was ready, and were stirred the pots of porridges, and a little time passed over, very little time passed over, when the ale worked in the barrels, and the beer foamed in the cellars. Now must someone come to drink me, now must someone come to taste me, that my fame may be reported, and that they may sing my praises. Then they went to seek a minstrel, went to seek a famous singer, one whose voice was of the strongest, one who knew the finest legends. First to sing they tried a salmon, if the voice of trout was strongest. Singing is not work for salmon, and the pike recites no legends. Crooked are the jaws of salmon, and the teeth of pike spread widely. Yet again they sought a singer, went to seek a famous singer, one whose voice was of the strongest, one who knew the finest legends, and they took a child for singer, thought a boy might sing the strongest. Singing is not work for children, nor are splutterers fit for shouting. Crooked are the tongues of children, and the roots thereof are crooked. Then the red ale grew indignant, and the fresh drink fell to cursing, pent within the oaken barrels and behind the taps of copper. If you do not find a minstrel, do not find a famous singer, one whose voice is of the strongest, one who knows the finest legends. Then the hoops I'll burst asunder, and among the dust will trickle. Then did Poyola's old mistress send the guests their invitations, send her messengers to journey, and she spoke the words which follow, O my maid of all the smallest, O my waiting maid obedient, call the people all together to the great carouse, invite them, call the poor and call the needy, call the blind and call the wretched, call the lame and call the cripples, in the boat row thou the blind men, bring the lame ones here on horseback, and in sledges bring the cripples. Ask thou all the folk of Poya and of Kaleva, the people. Ask the aged Vainamoinen, greatest he of all the minstrels. Only ask not Lemminkainen. Ask not Ati Sarelainen. Then the maid of all the smallest answered in the words which follow. Wherefore ask not Lemminkainen, only Ati Sarelainen. Then did Poyala's old mistress in these very words make answer. Therefore ask not Kaukomili not the reckless lemminkainen he is always quick to quarrel and to fight is always ready and at weddings works he mischief and at banquets grievous scandal brings to shame the modest maidens clad in all their festive garments then the maid of all the smallest answered in the words which follow how shall i know kaukomili that i leave him uninvited for i know not ati's dwelling nor the house of kaukomili then did Poyala's old mistress answer in the words which follow. Easy may you hear of Kauko, learn of Ati Sarelainen. Ati dwells upon an island, dwells the rascal near the water, where the bay outspreads the broadest, at the curve of Kauko's headland. Then the maid of all the smallest, she the handmaid hired for money, bid the guests from six directions, and in eight the news she carried. All she asked of Poya's people and of Kaleva the people, of the householders the poorest, and the poorest clad amongst them, only not the youth named Ati, for she left him uninvited. End of Runo 20, recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.